So we're talking about interactions that can cause a development of some kind of uh, inappropriate closeness between men and women, and therefore they are usher. There's another example which is spoken about, and it just uh, gives a little perspective. The commentaries of Shulchan Aruch discuss if or how it's permitted to say mazel tov. You go to a simcha, you go to a bris, and you go to you want to tell the mother of the baby mazel tov. You should have simcha and nachas on the baby. And of course, as we know, on a practical level, this is done by everybody, and even great big tzaddikim and talmidei chachamim, and that's permissible. The question is, why is it permissible? Now, just the fact that there's a question out there, it just teaches us a little proper perspective on the matter of altar besicha in Moisha, of not to have any increased light chatter uh, with women. So the fact that there's even a question about it is a bit eye-opening. But anyway, the reason why it is permitted is for a few reasons. Number one is, Mazel Tov is not called chatter. Mazel Tov is actually a bracha that the person should have good mazel. Also, the fact that the woman at that point of time, by Bris Mila is brought down, she's beginning her Yemei Tahira from after the birth. It's considered a special Ace Rachamim for her also to be Mavarach and say, Bruchim to you, to the person that gave her the bracha. But this is an amazing thing that this is even a discussion that, you know, is it permitted for the man to say mazel tov to her? And is it permitted for her to respond back, bruchim you? But anyway, that teaches us a little bit about how we have to measure our relationships and our involvement with the other gender. It's forbidden for a man to tell his friend, send regards to your wife. And the same thing would apply for a woman to tell another woman, send regards to your husband. That also sounds very strange. As I mentioned in our introduction to these halakhas, many of these things may sound foreign to us, but it's more a question of absorbing and properly processing and understanding the perspective of Chazal and applying it properly in our lives. All of these things are brought in Shulchan Aruch. These are not extra uh, chumras and stringencies. And again, on a practical level, what exactly is it? It's impossible to enumerate, you know, every single situation. But from the cases that are usher and straight out forbidden in Shulchan Aruch, we can then apply it to our lives as well. So to send regards is considered something that's inappropriate because when the person goes and sends regards to their spouse from an, the, another person of the opposite gender, it endears, it creates a little bit of a connection. And that's also even if it's through the person's spouse, you know, there's nothing inappropriate. I would never tell a man, you know, to send regards to his wife if there was anything inappropriate in mind. There's not a question of anything inappropriate in mind. It's a question of developing some kind of closeness that's taking place by sending personal regards, even if it's done through the person's spouse. Even though sending personal regards is an issue, asking somebody, how is your wife, that is considered appropriate, and it's considered derech eretz, to ask a person about his family's uh, well-being. And that's okay. And that's why sometimes, even from great big tzaddikim, you'll find in their letters, you know, the uh, rishat shalom, to, you know, ask about the welfare. So to send regards, a question what the word rishat shalom is, but sending regards is not appropriate, and it's, I shouldn't even just say it's not appropriate, it's usher, and, but to ask how they're doing, that is perfectly okay, and it's actually supposed to be done. Now, as you mentioned, there are certain things that are also because of cheshan, because of concern of what people might be thinking or saying. One of those things is that a Rebbe 
may not be a rabbi of Tinoikis, of little children, um, because there's concern that the mothers are always going to bring the little children, and that'll develop some kind of connection uh, between the rabbi and the mothers. So this is only usher if the rabbi is single, he's a bakr, or if the rabbi is living away from home. This used to be a pr- common practice where l- melamdim would travel, you know, and be away from home for months at a time, teaching people in other communities, and only come home a few times a year. For such a rabbi t- who's living apart from his wife, for him to be teaching little young children, there's a concern that the mothers will be coming and that might develop a relationship. Even if it doesn't actually develop a relationship, there's a concern of what people might say. The same would apply also with moras. Single women teachers who are teaching young children were concerned that the fathers might be bringing them. In our institutionalized yeshivas, where there's always a lot of people around, there's some leniency that's applied that we allow single moras and, uh, and single rabbeim or bachrim or whatever it is to teach because you don't have that interaction like it's normally done in more of like a small town uh, situation. So pretty much everything is public and in mass, and there's less of a concern of something developing or of people talking. But we see from here that it's something to keep in mind. There's also concerns about a Talmud Chacham living, who's uh, single, living in an apartment building, sharing the same courtyard, lobby, etc., with a single woman, a widow, because of a concern of what people might say. And also there's discussions about a man who divorced his wife for them to continue living within the same small uh, living quarters. Uh, We'll finish with this topic and continue our new topic tomorrow.